Fresh Air Production. Hello and welcome to Fresh Ears. I'm Neil Cowling, the founder of Fresh Air. I know exactly where I was as a radio producer in about 2005 when someone said to me, have you heard of podcasts? I hadn't, but they sounded pretty exciting and I thought I'd give it a go. And now most of us have heard of them and at Fresh Air Production, we spend all day, every day talking about them. However, when you're in a brainstorm meeting and someone suggests having a podcast, what do you actually say? Apart from, yes, that's a brilliant idea. Let's Google it. Well, that's what this podcast is here to help you with. Each episode, we choose one of the branded podcasts we've produced and pick the bones out of it with our clients and producers to understand how it came together, whether it worked, and if so, why it worked. This week, it's all about trailblazing entrepreneurs from Salesforce App Exchange. As the business scales, you know, obviously the challenges are always changing. You know, in the early days, it's much more about, you know, how do we do specific things, right? How can we make a great website? How can we, you know, build this product? How can we sell to these customers? And, and then as it grows, it becomes more about, okay, well, how do we in- create the right environment and find the right people that can go and do that at the next level of scale? So how do you use podcasts to give your target audience something valuable, even if it's not about your product? And how do you present it yourselves? Today to talk about this is Tassin Taj, the Senior Manager of App Exchange Marketing at Salesforce, and our own Anushka Tate, who's the Senior Producer here at Fresh Air. Hello, both of you. Hello. Hi. So, um, Tassin, perhaps we could start, uh, for those who don't know, if you could just explain what App Exchange at Salesforce is, please. App Exchange is the hub of the Salesforce ecosystem, and it's world's leading enterprise cloud marketplace. It's a place that customers go to to find solutions, apps, and services to extend Salesforce. And so you came to us, and this was earlier this year, you came to us with a a very clear idea of what trailblazing entrepreneurs was going to be. You'd obviously gone through some sort of internal process in in thinking about why a podcast was useful to you uh, before you got in touch. So why did you decide on having a podcast? Sure. So one of the key initiatives this year was to engage with next generation entrepreneurs and inspire them to build business on Salesforce and the App Exchange. And at the beginning of the year, we thought that we'd have roundtables, in-person events, videos to aid that goal. And then COVID happened, putting all our plans on hold. So we needed to think different. And that's when we thought about the podcast. Um, I have been a huge fan of podcasts. And from a marketing perspective, I feel they're quite engaging, intimate, and quite accessible. Plus, they are relatively quick to create. So I was sold that the podcast will be a great addition to our marketing arsenal. And uh, it was time to convince the wider team. In terms of process, uh, once I had the idea, I had to make sure that it aligns with the larger vision of you know engaging the business builders and elevating our brand in that segment. So I went back to the drawing board and uh, created what we call as V2Mom, which is uh, vision, value, methods, obstacles, and measures. And using V2Mom as a guiding framework, I put together a plan covering content, visual identity, logistics, promotional plans, budget, and uh, presented it to my manager and the core team. 
once I presented, they were quite on board and thrilled with the idea of leveraging this new channel that we've never used before and getting our message in front of our target audience. Uh, we decided we'd go small and roll out five episodes as a pilot to see how it performs and if it resonates with our followers and audience at all. So that's how we started our podcast journey earlier this year. That's an amazing process to have gone through before getting in touch. It's it's uh, it's really interesting how the the differences in the in the range of stages that clients are at when they contact us because some people contact us when they literally have just decided we'd like a podcast but we don't know anything more at all and and they they sort of need to talk to someone like us to get their heads around it whereas it sounds like you'd done all that thinking before you picked up the phone which is um yeah which must have been a, a sort of journey of discovery for you if you didn't know the medium at all beforehand no, absolutely as I said I was sold of like for podcast as a medium I loved it uh, but it was obviously finding out what does it take to create what what is the content that I would need and before coming to you guys I wanted to have all these pieces the building pieces in place so that I could come with a clearer brief to you guys and get exactly what we uh, expected not only from marketing but also from a brand perspective so who is that intended audience who are you talking to with the podcast the answer is really in the name so our audience of the podcast is entrepreneurs across all stages so whether they are in their idea generation phase opportunity evaluation they're planning to form a company scaling it or looking for funding right so entrepreneurs across all uh, stages the idea of the podcast is to speak with serial entrepreneur who have built successful businesses on the app exchange so get to know their journey, trials, tribulation of starting new businesses, strategy for growth, and all the different aspects of the entrepreneurial journey that will benefit to our listeners. And that insight that entrepreneurs like to hear entrepreneurs talking, is that something that you do in other parts of your communication as well? How do you normally speak to these people? So earlier this year, our team rolled out a trailblazing entrepreneur series that included videos, ebooks, blogs featuring these successful founders covering their solution and also highlighting the advantages of app exchange ecosystem to support the growth of these companies. From a marketing perspective, we have covered these uh, successful software businesses on how their solutions are helping um, Salesforce with their digital transformation activities, but we haven't focused much on the journey of the founders who've built these businesses. So I think with the podcast, we are targeting the same audience and featuring the successful founders that we have covered before, but the format and the focus is slightly different because in this podcast, we, you know, focus on their, on their journeys. We talk about what strategies that they've used to achieve success and growth fast. How did they go from idea to entrepreneur? How did they scale their business, raise capital, work with different venture capitalists and more? And plus, I think the format of the podcast and the tone makes it really impactful and sets us apart. Adoshka, let's bring you in as producer of the series. So one of your um, main tasks as producer has been to take an in-house presenter and turn them into a presenter, a proper presenter that doesn't feel like they're, they're in-house so much. Um, Tassin, let's talk about the, the choice from your end to start with, because again, you could have gone for a, 
an external presenter. You could have gone for a, a journalist or a, a celebrity. Why did you choose to go with someone in-house and how did you choose Sandra, who ended up being the host? Yeah, so deciding the host for the podcast was obviously very key. So we had this vision and idea of the podcast and we wanted someone to breathe life into it. Uh, in a way, as you said, it would have been easy for us to get an external and more experienced podcast host. But we really wanted someone who understood the ecosystem, who works with entrepreneur and founders and understood their persona. And in addition, we also wanted that person to be engaging, someone who could build rapport with guests, and that's natural and fluid. Um, Sandra obviously um, fit the bill so beautifully. And uh, for us, she was an obvious choice. Um, however, she had never donned an, um, an interviewer had before or had a previous experience of hosting. But she was up for a challenge and uh, graciously accepted our offer. Obviously, Anushka did a brilliant job in kind of coaching her. And in, in terms of like Sandra, she, now we're in season three, but she did such a brilliant job. I think she's such a natural. She adds like her own flavor to each episode. I love the way she engages with our guests, keeps the conversation flowing and kind of, you know, reels in that golden nuggets of information and insights for our listeners. And she's absolutely effortless. Yeah. So that, that knowledge of the product, that knowledge of the ecosystem, as you put it, does that give you something that you that nobody else from outside the organization would be able to bring, do you think? Well, I'm not saying that they can't, but it's just that because we work with the ISVs in the business, which is the independent software vendors. These are the vendors who build software on Salesforce. So it's it's like a different, uh, you know, it, it, it's a different set of business. And with Sandra, she is director of ISV business at Salesforce, right? So she works with the ecosystem day in, day out. So she understands it much more better. And we wanted the conversation also to sound very organic. I'm not saying that the external ho host would not get it. But I, I just feel that the level of comfort and the level of depth that Sandra gets it or someone who understands the ecosystem get it would be quite, not quite, like a bit difficult because we would have to train and kind of, you know, do an in-depth briefing for external um, host. And, and, and the thing with our podcast is we don't have the same guest or we've got, you know, founders from across the countries. They come from different backgrounds. They have like, we, we cover founders from US, UK, uh, Nordics, Israel, and now we're also getting from Australia. So each guest is different. Their business is different. And having Sandra up there, it just makes it so much easier for us. And and so far, it's worked. So I'm very, very happy with our choice. So Anushka, we've already established that you are wonderful and brilliant at your job. But to be fair, you've done this a few times. And we've already talked on a separate podcast about AQA of taking someone who's who's not a professional host and, and turning them into such. How do you go about that? If you've got somebody who's never presented a program before, may even have done video but never done podcasts, what are the skills that you are trying to instill in somebody to turn them into a podcast presenter? It's a challenge, but I mean, I, I love working with new in-house hosts because, as Tassine said, they are already completely immersed in, interested in, knowledgeable about the subject matter. And it's very hard to teach a lifetime's worth of curiosity about a topic. What's easier to teach is the basic broadcasting principles. So, you know, Sandra and I had this kind of coaching session before we started recording anything. And a lot of that is just about instilling her with a sense of confidence that she's already got a lot of the skills that are needed. Um, 
So as you said, someone might have a bit of an idea about what a radio presenter sounds like or a TV presenter and potentially think that they need to emulate that. But actually being a podcast host is, is very different. Um, first, I specifically used different descriptions there because I think podcast hosts are or should be so much more than just sort of a voice on a stick. Um, you know, they're an active part of the conversation that as much as they're anchoring and guiding it. And actually, even if they listen to a lot of podcasts, they might not necessarily have a clear idea of what that should sound like because the joy is that everyone sounds slightly different and authenticity is key. So that's just an empowerment piece of whatever your natural personality is, is right. I also just use that session to kind of bring her into the production process a bit. So having just said that, that it's all about being completely natural, there are moments where we need her to amp up the energy a bit. So just sort of explaining to her that there will be introductions and outros that will be set over music. So her energy needs to match that of the music so that the message is really coming across and being amplified rather than being drowned out. And then there's just things like, you know, I always say we should aim to record it like it's live so that the listeners really believe that this was in fact a free-flowing, easy conversation, but but to remember that it is edited. So if you really stumble over a sentence, realise that you've asked a question in a weird way, just start again. No one except me and Tassim will know, um, you know, and it's important not to let any frustration show in, in that second or third take in your voice because the version that's used in the final edit will obviously be the only version that listeners ever hear. So, you know, none of that is groundbreaking stuff. It's a bit of tech stuff too, teaching her how to use a microphone, the stuff that if we we're in a studio, I would take care of and she wouldn't have to worry about. But it's it's really just little pointers like that, that someone who isn't immersed in this world day to day might not think to think about. Is there an element as well that an internal host or someone who's not done it before is a bit more malleable than a old wizened professional who has their way of doing it. Yeah, there's probably a bit of that, that on a professional level, I get to be more of a producer with someone who, you know, mm. wants a bit of handholding, which is which is lovely. Um, yes, it can be hard with people who have a very clear idea about what they've done in the past and will maybe, and will, you know, and that's not particularly helpful for a brand often if someone who is very experienced at broadcasting wants to bring in their style, whereas this way around, you know, someone like to see at, at App Exchange can start from the ground up and decide what that tone wants to be, what that delivery style wants to be, because there's no history to, to go off. And Tassin, Sandra's been great, hasn't she? I mean, she's just, she's really taken to it. Yeah, absolutely. We, obviously with the first few episodes, we we all were like nervous. We had not done it before. She had not done it before. We were, you know, working with your team on that. And, you know, after we started kind of promoting it both internally and externally, we got amazing feedback from our team. Our leadership team also, you know, loved the podcast and externally as well. Our uh, listens were steadily increasing. So that was like a big uh, boost for Sandra as well. And now she, no one, you listen to her, no one would even know that she's not had an experience uh, of hosting before. So it, it's kind of worked out so great. And, you know, we started in April with five episodes for season one, and now we are in season three. So, and we, we still have the same host. So that says a lot. Let's talk about the guests then for a moment, because you've got guests who are entrepreneurs, but they are now CEOs of multi-million pound companies, very busy people, very important people. 
how do you manage to persuade them to come on? Because they don't have to be a guest on your podcast. So why do they? So I think first, the key to getting these incredible founders on the podcast is planning months in advance to get like slot in their busy schedule. These are the founders who've built successful businesses on Salesforce and the app exchange. And for them to come on to a platform like this, talk about their journey is great. That's resonated a lot with them. And also, I feel that the format of our podcast is quite relaxed and uh, the flexibility makes it quite an easier sell. It's like just them having coffee with Sandra. So I think that actually makes it quite easy for us to get them. Obviously, the key is to getting in their diary months in advance. And what we do is usually at the beginning of each season, we come up with a prospective list of guests that we would want to you know, interview. And we get in touch with them have a call with them, explain to them what the podcast is all about, brief them about what we would need. And that's it really, and block their diaries. So Nushka, how do you get nuggets out of guests that they wouldn't necessarily give elsewhere? Because presumably these people very often are giving interviews or they've been interviewed before. So how do you manage to get something new out of them? Well, I, th- I think Tassine hit the nail on the head there when she said it, it, you know, it starts right back in that briefing process, setting it up like you're having a cup of coffee. We don't want you to prepare anything. You don't have to come armed with the snappy headlines about your business that you'd normally put in a press release. We want to make the listener feel welcome in the space, given the aim of the podcast is to kind of inspire them and bring more people into the fold. You know, it, it could quite easily feel like quite an intimidating conversation between Yes, very successful, but daunting or, or cold people. So warmth and empathy are going to be really important here. And that's something that I am forever impressed with Sandra on. The key thing to remember is that Sandra, as the host, and I, to a lesser extent as the producer, set the tone, create the atmosphere on the recording, and guests will mirror that tone and content and delivery that Sandra sets. So one of the things that's really interesting is that Sandra has taken her training on board and often tells funny little anecdotes about her own life in the recording that don't always make it to the final edit, but that's not the point. So even if we know that they're going to end up on the cutting room floor, you'd still want them there. They serve a very important purpose because they're exactly the sorts of anecdotes that we want from the guests. So they'll reflect the host as the person who's in control of the tone of the conversation And what we've ended up with in every episode, I think, is real vulnerability from these incredibly intelligent, high-powered people. And those admissions of lifelong learning and not always getting it right are really powerful. We, we can all doubt ourselves and our capabilities, but it is sometimes it's just to have a sounding board. You know, I've I've always had mentors. I've got a mentor now. I'm a big believer in it. And it's just sometimes to sense check something or run, run something past them or to say, oh, I've got really stuck or I'm thinking of doing this and actually just having someone go, do you know what? I did that 10 years ago. It was an absolute disaster. Don't waste your time. <laughs> Vulnerability is where it's at, isn't it, with podcasts? It, you know, that having a, an intimate conversation can bring out something that is much more difficult to do when you've got a camera in your face or much more difficult to do in writing. Actually sitting there having a one-to-one conversation, I don't even know why often, it just brings out topics and a level of vulnerability and a level of honesty that you don't really get elsewhere. Yeah, and I absolutely agree. Just to add to what 
uh, Anushka said, one thing that was really important for us was to not make the podcast very structured or rigid. That could happen actually in like a video where you've got a script and everything. We wanted to have, it was very important for us to retain that openness of the conversation. And that actually, you can hear it in the conversation when you listen to the podcast, right? So I think that openness of the conversation has been quite key. And it's not that we do not have some questions in mind, we do. So we start off the conversation with a couple of questions and uh, really let our guests' response dictate the direction we should follow uh, rather than the other way around. And when an interesting point is raised, we dig deeper and get sort of more insights into that. Nushka, how much do you think lockdowns helped this? Because it makes people more available. For a start, it's much easier to get guests when they haven't got to leave their house. And also, there's something much more intimate about recording in your own home. And I'm stating the obvious, but rather than going to a, a studio where you're, you know, you've got an engineer through the glass, etc., etc. Do you think that that level of intimacy has been improved? Oh, through? A- absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm smiling already because I'm just remembering there was there was one where he was they all are incredibly high powered people but when you're seeing them in their natural environment you know and I think he had to he had to run outside his house to go and tell the leaf blower to stop doing his leaf blowing and then running back in and he came back in a little bit flustered and then we sat you know and you just as much as he then sat down a little bit you know flustered and whatever actually we've then become a little bit connected into each other's everyday lives and and Sandra said you know Sandra I'm sure she won't mind me saying she's always she lives in France a lot of the time she's off for a barbecue afterwards and and because we're just having those little conversations first getting these little insights into our lives it means that that then comes out more easily on the podcast as well once we're sort of on air because Sandra and two other guests have already been sharing these bizarre human anecdotes and actually yeah in in terms of getting guests it seems already mentioned the incredible number of places all over the world that we've been that would physically not have been possible were we not doing this during lockdown and and so if all of our productions at Fresh Air, it's probably taken best advantage of remote recording in that respect. And the thing that I love about it is the range of wonderful accents that it's meant that we've had across this series. You know, not only does that make for a really colourful listening experience, I actually think it's it's quite clever advertising on Salesforce, the App Exchange's part, just, just hearing all those accents is in itself an implicit way of showcasing what a truly global platform this is. You know, we don't have to spend ages laboring the point in a script because it's just there for you to hear it's amazing that's such a good point though because we we get asked by a lot of clients to make a podcast that feels global uh that's aimed at a global audience that doesn't feel like it's made in london it's quite difficult to do that because we're based in the uk clients normally based in the uk we normally have a, a presenter with some version of an english accent and so making it feel like it doesn't just belong here, but it belongs to the world is is often really, really difficult. And actually, range of global guests, range of different accents does that job, doesn't it? It's really, really smart work. Tassin, let's talk about um, the marketing and the shouting about the podcast, because you guys do it very well. You make a lot of use of LinkedIn in particular, and you also have some some great audiograms that you use on LinkedIn. Can you talk us through that side of the that marketing strategy that, again, you had nailed before you'd even spoken to us. (laughs) Absolutely. So obviously, like creating the podcast is uh, battle half one. And since uh, this was AppExchange's first ever podcast, we had to promote it extensively, not only externally, 
but also internally we had to kind of you know create that buzz so whenever we release an episode internally what we do is we promote it on our uh, enterprise social network that's called chatter and make it very easy for our team members to share and promote their podcast uh, episode right so this is done by sharing a series of shareable media pre-written tweets status updates pull quotes and images the reason why this is important is because our internal team members also start that momentum that you see on social media right so and externally we obviously promote on our all social media handles across like linkedin and twitter uh, audiogram in particular have been proven to be quite successful in terms of engagement audiogram is a you know great tool for um, giving our audience a sneak peek into what the episode has and we usually use it as a hook to drive listens i always say that that sound bite that we present and weave in into the audiogram acts like a teaser for the entire episode and so i think the mix of external as well as internal promotions we have been able to actually drive the listens across seasons we we were able to double the number of listens in season 2 and even in terms of engagement we've had close to a 35% increase in engagement with each episodes which has been quite encouraging for us and do you manage to persuade the guests themselves to promote it on their networks yes that that's a good point so what we also do is sync up with their marketing team before the release so that we are able to sync on the marketing promotions so that uh, we are able to increase the momentum created for all our social media promotions as well so the marketing team also promotes on their uh, channels and uh, just to kind of wrap it up we also release after we release the episode one week after we also release a blog that kind of you know wraps up the episode uh, and distills in the wonderful insights that the founder has given us in the episode so i think all these little little pieces when you kind of you know they all form part of the promotional strategy for you know for the podcast and it's been working well for us i think there's a lot of people don't remember to do exactly that which is use the podcast not as the end game of a content strategy but as a source of of other forms of content so you know creating a blog based on the work that you've done on the podcast or the insights that you've gained kind of recycling what's been said so that you can maximize the impact of it not just on the day of release but across subsequent weeks i think that's it's really smart and it's really simple but it's something that a lot of people including us frankly as fresh air we don't make enough use even of this podcast we don't recycle enough i'm just telling myself off as as we talk but essentially you know it's it's just a really smart move and a really simple but powerful tip i think um you've gone through this now for 8 months or so we've been working with you so you've gone on this journey you've taken it all the way from a proposal that you were selling into making it happen to becoming more of a sort of mature product i suppose and and you uh mentioned earlier you used the term part of your armory and we are always really aiming to make podcasts an ongoing part of someone's communication armory do you think that is now kind of embedded in what you do in app exchanges as a sort of indefinite tactic now we didn't know when we first started with the podcast what to expect from the podcast if the format and the content will uh, resonate with our audience will people listen to it or will it be lost in the world wide web so 
after you know a couple of episodes we were amazed with the response and the feedback that we did get the, as i mentioned the the listens were steadily increasing so all these were the pointers of success and that actually you know kind of encouraged us to keep going and keep releasing newer seasons it's definitely something that we would want to keep continuing and in fact we are actually inspiring other parts of the salesforce as well for podcasts looking at success and the engagement that our podcast has received in fact i have a call tomorrow with the a colleague of mine from a different org at salesforce to talk about podcasts so definitely working for us so to finish off then what tips or advice would you have for anybody else who's considering doing the same thing and is right where you were perhaps this time last year, what advice would you have given the experience you've had in the last year? If you look at the whole process of rolling out a podcast, I feel recording the podcast is the easiest. I mean, obviously, thanks to companies like you and amazing producers like Anushka, they just make it easy as a breeze. So I think that part is easy. However, I feel it's a before and after where the brand needs to focus their energies on. Before you jump into recording a single episode, you need to understand what your focus is. Define your niche, who your target audience is, you know. Ask yourself, is this a topic that you'll be able to produce enough uh, content on? Some topics might seem so exciting at first, but once you start considering what episodes you should create around them, you might realize that you don't have enough substance to them right it's easy to start a podcast but i think it's very difficult to sustain it if you don't have a clear vision of what you want to do and coming to the second part that's after the recording is marketing and i know i've spoken about it but i can't stress on the fact that how important it is and especially marketing combined and coupled with tracking so always be on a lookout for new channels of promotions you know what is the watering hole for your audience where are they going to consume content keep experimenting on the messaging and the channels of promotions as well and i guess the beauty of digital marketing and the digital marketing world that we are in is that everything can be tracked so each of your promotional marketing activities can be tracked you can actually go back and see which activities are driving more listens to your podcast episodes so keep a tab on that activity and calibrate based on the analytics and invest in the most well-performing channel. So there you go, trailblazing entrepreneurs from App Exchange at Salesforce. Brilliant people and an internal presenter who's turned out to be great. So a nice job all round. Thank you very much to Tassin Taj, the Senior Manager of App Exchange Marketing at Salesforce, and our own Anushka Tate, the Senior Producer here at Fresh Air. If you'd like to find out how Fresh Air can make a wonderful podcast for your brand or business, please do check us out at freshairproduction.co.uk. We'll be back in the new year when we've got a million new podcasts coming out, which is a slight exaggeration, but trust me, it's a lot. In the meantime, I'm Neil Cowling. Goodbye, and thank you very much for listening to Fresh Ears. Fresh Ears.